Rizzoli. Four-man rush. Rolling, rolling, looking, stopping, throwing over the middle. Has the man touchdown. Out of the backfield's Gable. And Gable oh. with a hurdle. And a first down to the 45. There's a trademark C.J. Gable hurdle. It is lucky week 13 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Labor Day is over. The March to the Grey Cup officially begins. And this week, folks, if you're back from vacation, kids are at school, whatever, don't worry about supper. Don't worry about dinner or snack time. Go to dominoes.ca. Grab yourself a medium feast pizza for $10.99. They got you covered. Dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Great show for you today. TSN's Farhan Lalji will join me. TSN's Scott Cullen to talk power rankings and CFL fantasy and a special behind the helmet out in BC. Lions quarterback Travis Lulee. A mega show, but let's get right to the news and notes. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. And they'll give it back to Gable. Lock him. Touchdown, Edmonton. All right, in first down, the battle of Alberta was close, but in the end, Edmonton let it slip away to Calgary. The CFL on TSN panel, led by Rod Smith, explains. The tradition continues in Calgary on Labor Day Monday, not just the meeting with the Eskimos, the beating of the Eskimos. Seven straight times now for the Stampeders. Back with Henry Burris, Matt Dunn. Yeah, it's smart for an Eskimo fan. Matt Dunnigan and Milt Siegel. Even for you, that's harsh? Really? I like it. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, what really must hurt this time around, in other years, Matty, the Stamp just took an early lead by three touchdowns and hung on. This time, it was there for Edmonton and just not right enough. there for the taking. They had the, the you know the best team in the CFL during the regular season over the last several years. They had them right there. Yeah. And and, and uh, you can you can credit the Calgary defense, which I will, or you can say Mike Riley let one slip through his fingertips, and 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 it really did. Because with two minutes to go, Mike Riley um, didn't get the job done. Turned the ball over to Bo Levi Mitchell, who's coming off a bad knee. And it's already been out of the game. And he, and he comes back in like a champ and makes plays happen when it counts. There's his injury. And it's like, oh, no, man. Now we're going to see Nick Arbuckle. And that kid showed out pretty yeah, well. Yeah, he did. And, and, but that looked really bad there. He sucked it up, came back in, and made plays when he had to. And this is the game's on the line. Under a minute to go, he's making throws. Minus one of his best receivers, Kamar Jordan. Up down the field, Predis is good. And uh, I just tip my hat to a guy, Bo Levi Mitchell from Katy, Texas, continues to find ways to get it done, even when he doesn't have a full complement of receivers around him. And when he's under the he's got a bad knee, too. Well, one thing we've always known about these Labor Day Classic games is the fact we talked about you can throw the records out the window. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you can't throw out the window is the fact over who takes care of the football. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, the team who pretty much took advantage of the turnovers won each game. I mean, being here with the Hamilton Tiger Cats when Toronto started to give the ball away when they had the game won. But talking about Edmonton's turnovers, this was shortly after Bo Levi was injured. They had a they turned the ball over once, they turned the ball over twice, they turned the ball over three times, and it all (laughs) resulted in scores. And the reason why... Three yeah. four series. I mean, they had a chance to take advantage of this game right here after a punt. They had perfect field position yeah. to go down and kick a field goal and to get the lead back and possibly win the game, guys. Maintain momentum. But what did they do? They said, you know what? We don't want it. It's hot potato. Calgary, here, you take it. Well, a lot of people are going to say 
Edmonton should have won this game. And I, you know, I, I think they'll I feel that way. No, I think they'll no, feel if you should have won, they would have won. Right. If they should have won, they would have won. Calgary <laughs> is definitely a better team. You're going to say, well, we had those turnovers. So what? You had those turnovers. Calgary found a way to capitalize when they had to. Yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell gets hurt. He still comes back in mm -hmm. and wins. They lose their top receiver. They still make it happen. Don Jackson makes some plays. DeVars Daniel makes plays. If you should have won, you would have won. They didn't deserve to win, so that's why the Empton Eskimos didn't win. Should have, would have, could have. Should have, could have, would have, should have, would have, could have. Well, I'll tell you what. For Labor Day Monday only, if we throw the records out the window, now that it's over, we reach back, we pull them back in, and we see <laughs> Calgary's at 9-1 and one with a six-point lead now in the West. For Edmonton, forget about chasing the Stampeders. They're tied now with Saskatchewan, and the Riders wow. have a game in hand. Now Saskatchewan takes a half-game lead for second place in the West over the Eskimos. Okay, second down. Second down. Well, myself, much like uh, just about everyone else, thought that Ottawa would wipe out Montreal after the way the Red Blacks had been playing coming out of their bye week. Well, the Alouettes' defense allowed only 11 points as they win their second in a row. TSN's Rod Black and Dwayne Ford break it down. Football can be and is, I guess, a game of numbers in so many ways. If you look statistically at tonight's game, it was a complete mismatch. Montreal dead last in second down conversions, yardage points, yada, yada, yada. Time of possession. But at the end of this one, it looked like this was a completely different Montreal Alouette team. Yeah, well, this is why you play the game. The Montreal Alouettes. Again, small sample, but they look like a team that has potentially sort of turned the corner. Not necessarily world beaters, but team, a team that's capable of grinding out some wins. They've played very well defensively. They've been a better defensive team the last couple of weeks, and that's gone a long way for them. This is an Ottawa team that, that can come at you in so many different ways. They have a good running game. William Powell came into this one having gone over 100 yards rushing each of the last two games. Trevor Harris came in averaging over 400 yards passing the ball in his last three games. But the Montreal defense came in. Yeah, against Ottawa, they're going to make some plays. You're going to give up some yards. They're going to have some opportunities. But it was sort of classic Rich Stubler in terms of bending and not breaking. They made plays when they needed to make plays. And they really put their offense featuring some young guys in a position to be successful because the defense was so strong that they created a little bit of margin for error for their offense. And they've led by their defense certainly the last couple of years. So the quarterbacking conundrum, of course, Johnny Manziel, a couple of weeks ago gets knocked out. Everybody thought that, you know, this is going to be Johnny Manziel's team. It's going to be awfully hard to wrestle the keys to this car away from Antonio Pipkin. Yeah, well, at this point, it would make no sense to to have anyone other than Antonio Pipkin start the next game for this football team. And I know you don't want to generally take away starting spots, have players lose their starting jobs due to injury. But the fact is, this is a team that has struggled miserably to win games over the last two seasons. And you've got a guy who has found ways to win capable of extending plays, making plays with his legs, seems to be a guy who has given this team a lift, given them a sense of, of belief. And, you know, for that reason, I think Antonio Pipkin isn't a guy who has been given the starting job by default, but is a guy who has earned the starting job by the way he's played, the way he has performed. As you see the last couple plays he made in the fourth quarter, that long pass to Ernest Jackson and that, that run, for a first down at a critical time. I mean, this is a guy who 
is making good decisions. He's playing like a veteran, coming up with clutch plays to win football games. He has earned the right to be the starting quarterback, at least for the time being, for the Montreal Alouettes. What a wild game. Playoff feel here, feel here tonight. Lots of defense. Video replay played in. Very big. And, of course, the East suddenly gets a whole lot tighter. And I never thought I'd say this. Here come the Montreal Alouettes. Now, you know I love my guys, Rod and Dwayne, but let's not get carried away here, okay? Montreal's two straight wins are on the back of defense. The man I call Pigskin Pipkin. That's patent pending, folks. Pigskin Pipkin has not been the reason. Zero passing touchdowns. Zero. And three interceptions over those two wins. Now, he's ran it in for scores three times over that stretch. I get that. But let's not get cute here. We know you have to throw touchdowns. And although he extended some drives late, he hasn't scored through the air. That is not sustainable. So if it's me, I find it very easy to go back to Johnny Manziel. Otherwise, you explain to ownership and the fan base why you gave up on your future and assets for a guy that gets benched by Antonio Pipkin. Okay, moving on. Third down. Well, it was a one-score lead at halftime for Hamilton in the Labor Day Classic against Toronto on Monday. The Ticats eventually pulled away, and the Argonauts sure looked like they could have used another playmaker on the field. Oh, wait, they have another playmaker, but he was on the bench. TSN's Rod Smith and Milt Stiegel explain. I don't want to say anything bad about my namesake or any other Argo receiver or McLeod <laughs> Bethel Thompson, but the Argos, Milt, could have used a better passing game, and is there a certain guy that might have been able to help him out tonight? Without a doubt. You look at Hamilton, they have some big play receivers. Jeremiah Mazzoli has some weapons. He has Brandon Banks. He has Luke Tasker. You saw with those two guys the other day. Both of them over 130 yards receiving. Brandon Banks, two touchdowns. Luke Tasker, a touchdown. These guys are big play receivers. They don't have to be big in stature, but they're big play. Toronto, they don't have that on the field. They have a guy on the sideline, Deron Carter. Why didn't he play today? Why isn't Deron Carter playing next week? Under Mark Tressman, he I understand he has his way of doing things. He has his way of standing in his box. But he stays in that box, and they're going to continue losing games. They need a big play receiver. You know who led them a receiver today? JWJ. Three catches for 42 yards. That's not going to get him. When you're playing a team like, like Hamilton is going to score some points. Deron Carter needs to be on the field, <laughs> and he needs to be on the field we, right we need now. And that's the thing. I respect all Mark Tressman has done in this league. He is truly one of the brightest coaching minds in CFL history. But are you in this to live by a process or try to make the playoffs here? Because Deron Carter can help Toronto right now. And if we've been told Tressman is holding him out until the end of September, well, that might be too late if the Argos lose next week in the Hamilton rematch. If I'm an Argos fan, I am screaming to play the man. Free Deron Carter. Should we hashtag that? Hashtag Free Deron Carter. Okay, we're going to head out west after the break. TSN's Farhan Lalji joins me. That's coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. (laughs) 
Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, as you know, we're delivered by Domino's. Don't get bogged down with back-to-school meals. Treat yourself to some Domino's, a medium-feast pizza for just $10.99. Visit Domino's.ca. Well, it was such a busy Labor Day weekend slate of games, and the rematch is coming up. Let's head out west and talk with TSN's Farhan Lodgy. Farhan, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself, Andy? I'm doing well, man. There are There is so much to talk about. Let's begin with Winnipeg. And this has been a curious yeah. storyline ever since Matt Nichols. He got booed. He called the fans out. And things just kind of keep going south. They lose to Saskatchewan. And we know how good he did last year. But I got to ask, Farhan, is it time with the West Division? It, it's tight. You got to go full bore here. Is it time to make a change at quarterback and go to Chris Trevler? You know, it's a good question. I'd probably say no right right at this minute, but I'm probably not far away. And I'm mm. certainly a guy in the Matt Nichols camp because he had a long enough sample size of very good football. Uh, you know, the last two seasons have been exceptional, in my opinion, for him. He's as good as any quarterback in the league. Everybody's looking for that elusive playoff victory. Now he can't get a regular season victory in the last few games here. And I, I just I can't wrap my head around why Winnipeg fans jumped off this guy's bandwagon so fast. And I know that... Chris Strebler was exciting in those first three games, but you know at the end of the day they were one and two, and Nichols still gives you the best chance to win as a veteran. The guy has wrapped himself in the Blue Bomber Nation colors and their flag. You know they paid his dues. He had his struggles in Edmonton. He came to Winnipeg. You know, and and he might not have that kind of overt personality that people are looking for. Uh, you know that you might get from a Michael Elliott or Bowley or Mitchell, but internally in the building with his teammates. He has that personality and that level of, of fieriness and, and, you know, the guys are willing to go to war for him. And the, look, the performance hasn't been there, but they've also finally had some injuries along their offensive line. I gave him the kiss of death after I went there and did a film room session with them. And the next week, Marcus Hardrick got hurt and they started to play poorly. And on top of that, I've said for two years, their collection of receivers is probably the worst in the Western Division, mm-hmm. right? I mean, BC yeah. now is not good, but... You know, before you could, you couldn't make that claim, and so I just think it's also a pedestrian group of people that he's throwing to. So, you know, it, it bothers me that they've jumped off the bandwagon so quick, but uh, it won't take long now before you have to be something to shake him up. I, I think you need to start Nichols, but I do think you need to start to shorten the leash and give Strebler a look um, if things go bad in any given game. Yeah, because you're going to be running out of time. And Farhan, I wonder, and I don't have any inside knowledge of this, but I wonder if we're looking at kind of a case like how Bo Levi Mitchell had last year with Calgary. And obviously the Stampeders had better overall results, but he came back from injury and he wasn't quite the same guy all year. And Nichols, injured at the start, came back. Do you think that might have any sort of, of an impact as to why he hasn't been as good as he's been in past years, just getting back from that, that injury and maybe still not being 100%? Possibly, you know, and, and I remember Jonathan Jennings going through the same thing last year in BC, yeah, getting back yeah. up the shoulder injury allegedly early, right? But look, I would have bought that in the first month. Uh, in the last month, I'm not sure I'm necessarily buying that, right? I think that, um, you know, he, he's where he needs to be. Matt Nichols has not been a quarterback that, you know, with his legs like a Mike Riley can, right? Running ability, a lot like Bo Levi Mitchell, really. Mm-hmm. So, again, first month, yeah, this last month, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's a little bit more than that. Let's move on to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here. And it's it's been so funny with what Chris Jones has 
been able to do. He is, he's, he seems to have gone from, okay, you have Deron Carter, you don't have Deron Carter, and, 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 and defensive side of the ball, just interesting uh, just decisions, and it seems to be working out. Like, are we to buy, really, at this point, at 6-4, and four, the Rough Riders are rolling. Is this team for real? Like, can we really count on Saskatchewan? Yeah, I think you can, only because their defense is as good as there is in the league. I mean, Saskatchewan and Calgary's defenses are the best in the league, in my estimation. And um, You know, I I, I still have some questions about their linebacker play, but their D-line and their defensive secondary in Saskatchewan is so good. And now they've been able to find a quarterback that isn't beating them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That we're not beating themselves. And, you know, in fairness to Brandon Bridge, it would have been nice if the coaches had actually let him play instead of making every throw a screen pass. But in in the case of Zach Kolaris, Listen, he looks like a competent quarterback. He doesn't look like that guy that we saw in Hamilton for the last, whatever, 18 games that he played mm-hmm. there, right? So uh, he, he is not beating them. He's making some key throws when he needs to. He's not wowing you and winning games for you, but he's not hurting you, and he's letting the defense win games. So they've got a pop-gun offense right now, but it's better than a, an offense that shoots itself in the foot, right? So they're treading water offensively, and potentially they'll get better. I think the Duran Carter situation just allowed them to play free. You know, you've got guys, I'm talking to some guys in that room, that once they kind of moved on from Carter, uh, guys like, uh, you know, Williams Lambert and and, um, uh, some of the other guys, you know, at receiver for them, they've been able to kind of step up and and elevate a little bit, right? So they they believed in some of these guys in training camp, but it seemed like they were always kind of playing in the wrong shadow. And, And now you're seeing... Damon Roosevelt, who I expected to see a lot more from earlier in the season. Uh, now he's kind of stepping up and making some key plays. It's not going to be an explosive, big-time, 500-yard-a-game offense because of the quarterback situation but uh, you know, and the offensive line situation, in fairness, because it's a pretty pedestrian group up front. But um, you know, they're, they're good enough now to score in the high 20s you know, and to get you in the high 300s for yardage, and that's probably good enough to win given how good the defense is. In conversation with TSN's Farhan Lalji on Twitter at Farhan Lalji TSN. Uh, Farhan, let's go to the BC Lions here. They had the bye week. They are back in action. I'll be chatting with Travis Lule, Lions QB, and behind the helmet in a, a few minutes' time. But for this Lions team, and you mentioned that the, the receiver group, not great. The team, though, with the slide of Winnipeg, where it looks things look bleak a couple weeks ago, you have a little bit of a window. With Travis Lule under center, we know when healthy, this guy can be one of the best. How do you feel the Lions have as far as a chance to push Winnipeg, maybe jump up and make a, a playoff push late in this year? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. And look, the reality is, is they're three and six, but they easily could be six and three because sure. they've lost three very, very close games. And and even the game against Calgary that they lost earlier was a winnable game going into the fourth quarter. So, you know, against you know, Toronto, Ottawa, these teams, they're teams they, they absolutely should have beat, and now they're going to be playing more teams, uh, more games against the West, so they control their own destiny a bit. But um, defensively, you know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Solomon Alabamian and whether they're going to get him back soon. Um, the defensive line is starting to show some signs of life in the last couple of games, but some racial considerations might have an impact in that. But really, the receiving core is just not that good, uh, you know. And and I've said before, Manny Arsenault and and uh, Brian Burnham are very good players, but they're number twos in my estimation. And I yeah. don't have Arsenal for the rest of the season, so I'm really curious to see what happens with Ed Hervey here. Can he go out and land a Devere Posey, who just got cut from the NFL? 
can he do the attempt to make a trade, uh, whether it's for Ernest Jackson or somebody else? Can he, can he get somebody else in the building to help give him a chance at receiver? They've got a couple of young guys that they've just brought in. But, you know, with receiver, NFL cuts don't help you. They don't. Those guys come in and they're setting the table for the following season where they're just learning the game. Because you have to learn the waggle. You have to learn the change in spacing on routes with the bigger field. You know, I can't recall the last time an NFL guy that's never had a sample size in the CFL got dropped into a lineup and, and was able to make an impact at receiver. It, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So you're going to have to get somebody from around the league right now. And I think that just became harder with Calgary and Edmonton losing key receivers as well. Not that they're going to trade within the division, but nonetheless, right, it, it puts a premium on the position for everybody now, right? So um, the, that's the big thing right now. For them. They have to get better at that spot. And if not, they're going to be like, you know, they're going to be like what we're expecting out of Saskatchewan offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, can Travis really get in the high 200s for yardage in a given game? Can they get to, you know, the mid-300s offensively? But then when you look at Saskatchewan, their defense is good enough to win games, change field position and do all of that. BC's defense is, is good, but not that good. Yeah, and that's uh, I'm with you. They have to upgrade the weaponry for Travis Lule. Uh, Farhan, let's swing over to the East Division here and the Toronto Argonauts. Now, we mentioned Deron Carter earlier. He's with the Argos, but Mark Tressman has said, okay, we want him to prove that you know, he's going to fit in with the team and he's got the work ethic because of his reputation, yada, yada. We won't see him till the end of September. Well, all of a sudden, you lose to the Cats. You lost the week before to Montreal. You have a rematch with Hamilton. You're at 3-7, and seven, and who would have thought this a few weeks ago? You have a real risk of dropping into last place. Is it time to move up the start date for Deron Carter to this week because man it looks like they could use some help out there they absolutely could use some help and their receiving core again i mean you know i know that their hope is to eventually get um you know uh edwards mm-hmm. and green and carter and then potentially even posey if you could get them you know back from the nfl and have a really explosive receiving core but you know that's going to be a couple weeks away i just think that mark tressman if he wavers here which football wise he should yeah, okay, oh, sure. but if he wavers here, <clears throat> he's now putting the ball back into Deron Carter's court that uh, you're now able to do this on your terms. I need you, Deron, and I, I just think that that can't happen. So unless Carter goes into his office and says something unbelievably compelling about how I'm going to, you know, be the second coming of the Pope for the rest of the year, <laughs> um, I, I just, I just don't see it happening. Uh, again, you know, we, if it, it may happen, and we may hear some the story after the fact to justify it, but it's everything that flies in the face of what Mark Trestman believes in, and he's got to maintain the power and control in this situation, and if he wavers from what he's already said, I think he loses a bit of that. Boy, it's going to be fascinating to follow along. Farhan, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. All right, anytime, Andy. That was TSN's Farhan Lalji. Does a great job reporting on the CFL. You can follow him on Twitter at Farhan Lalji TSN. Up next, CFL power rankings and fantasy tip time with TSN.ca's Scott Collins. Stay tuned. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Give us a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. And as always, we are delivered by Domino's. First week back in school for the kids. Don't cook. Give yourself a break. Get the delicious, 
fresh ingredients of a medium feast pizza for just ten ninety nine. Or check out all the pizza and side dish specials for dessert. The marble cookie brownies. Kids will they'll love you for it, I promise. At dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Joining me now from TSN.ca, it is Scott Cullen for our Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Tips. Scotty, happy post-Labor Day, man. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing good. Well, this, I don't know if it directly will flip the Power Rankings, but Scotty, we, there's, there's a bit of a mess here. And, and I think it's with the Montreal Alouettes, who, by the way, folks, on CFL.ca, Scotty, have you noticed like every week the Alouettes have a new logo? It was a bird. It was the other bird. It's an A with a swoosh. Like, what's going on here? It's weird. <laughs> I think when you're in the state, the Alouettes for it, you try anything. Right? And if it's a new logo that works, then it's a new logo that works. But, well, they've, uh, they've won two in a row. Yeah, good good for them. Now now they're on the street. Well, they've won two in a row, and all of a sudden, with the Argos losing to Hamilton, and we talked last week how important that game is, uh, the Argos are only a half game above them for third. The Ticats are pushing... The Red Blacks, who lost to those Alouettes, like the e- if we start in the East, like wh- like where are we ranking them? I guess Ottawa's still at the top, but then is it is it Hamilton and has Montreal got past Toronto? Um, not yet, I don't think. But you're, I mean, the the trend is heading in that in that direction, right? That, That's wild. Um, like it, it's it's weird to you know have any kind of optimism about the Alouettes. Um, Although they've won back-to-back games, but it, it's not as though um, you know I, I, I'm not yet sold on Antonio Pipkin as um, the guy who's going to lead them out of out of all this trouble. Uh, I guess in in the same way that I'm not sold sold that McLeod Bethel Thompson is leading the Argonauts out of trouble either. You know, like these uh, these guys have had some hits and misses in, in the early going in their CFL career, and it's um, when you have that kind of lack of track record and, and followed up with, you know, some inconsistency in the early going, well, it makes it really hard to kind of pin your hopes on. Now, I mean, what really worked for the uh, the Alouettes this week is the defense was fantastic. Yeah. You know, you can hold um, Ottawa to 11 points. That's, uh, you know, that's a difference maker. And if uh, if they can do do more of that, you know, then they can kind of get by with, uh, with adequate quarterback play. And I think that's, you know, that's about as, as far as we can go with uh, Pipkin's uh, if you're going to try and describe his performance so far, it's, you know, adequate. You know, he has, he hasn't um, put up huge numbers. Uh, you know, through a couple of interceptions this week, but um, you know, he's he can he can run a bit, he can yeah. he can throw a bit, and and you know, he he does enough to get them uh, wins. Which I mean, as I mentioned before, like this is a massive accomplishment to get wins for the for the Alouettes. But at the same time, um, certainly uh, when you're Kind of looking longer term and, and okay, are you comfortable with this guy as the quarterback long term? I don't, I still don't know. Um, so I kind of, you know, cautious optimism, I guess, with the Alouettes, but at the same time, I'm, I don't know that I have them passing uh, Toronto just yet. I mean, they're, they're neck and neck, though, though Andy. This eighth right. and ninth uh, battle is, I mean, it's going to go down to the wire, I think. Whew, it's ugly. <laughs> and, and, and Scott, Scotty, I talked about it earlier, too. I think people are putting a little too much credit on Antonio Pipkin for these wins. Whenever there's a victory, you look to the quarterback first. But you're right, it's uh-huh. defense, it's also special teams. Because in those two wins, how many touchdowns has he thrown? Zero. Zero. Yeah, yeah. We, we criticize Jeremiah well, Masoli for not throwing enough touchdowns. At least he threw a <laughs> touchdown, yeah, yeah. okay? Like, just... Yeah, there, there, there's a, yeah, there's definitely a difference there. Um, so, yeah, and this is... You know, like, like you say, when a team when a team wins, you know the, the automatic credit starts heading towards the quarterback. And I think with the story of Antonio Pipkin being like the sixth 
the sixth choice of the LOS to play quarterback, that's that's a compelling story, no doubt. But at the same time, you know, if he's the sixth guy that, that the worst team in the league was choosing to play quarterback for them, um, there may be a few uh, flaws in his game that yeah. uh, you know that put him there on the depth chart in the first place. So. You know, great, great to have a couple of wins, and, and we'll kind of see where it goes from here. Uh, I also think it, it's fascinating that the, the Alouettes are just rolling out new running backs every week. That uh, sure, yeah. You know, last week it was William Stanback. This week, Ryder Stone. Um, you know, maybe if you, you know, pay them a hundred bucks, you have a chance to do it next week. <laughs> I have an interactive CFL experience. Right? <laughs> That's right. This is this is all about uh, you know revenue generation. <laughs> see if exactly. We can, that uh, you you can you too can run for the Montreal LOS. Although behind that offensive line, I don't know if I'd want to do it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know. <laughs> that's the sacrifice you have to make. Eddie. That's right for, for the the live experience of wearing whatever the logo is this week for the Alouettes. Yes, yeah. but hey, you know what? One two in a row, good on him. A team that's won three in a row, jumping to the West. Scotty, it seems like Chris Jones just loves to troll common sense. Whenever mm-hmm. it looks like you you got him, it's like oh, you're on the hot seat now, Jones. You wins three in a row. Deron Carter's gone. Yeah. You look like you don't have a lot of weapons. You win three in a row and 31-23 over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Like, when we're looking at power rankings, you have Saskatchewan half game up on Edmonton in the West. Uh, we know Calgary's still number one. Has Saskatchewan now supplanted, let's say, Winnipeg in that kind of two spot that was being shared with Edmonton? Yeah, I, I think they are. Uh, and, I mean, some of this is... Is Win- Winnipeg, you know, has sort of been falling precipitously here, yeah. um, because because Matt Nichols just hasn't been able to play like he did last year, you know, no. and it, it's in, in many respects it's as simple as that. Is that it, if, if you gave Winnipeg last year's Matt Nichols, you you would feel much more comfortable mm-hmm. uh, with you know ranking them up higher, and at least uh, I did early early on. But as, as Nichols' play has kind of hovered around mediocrity. Um, you know, the Bombers keep sliding, and, and I guess as, as they keep sliding and, and Saskatchewan keeps winning games with Zach Caleros back at quarterback, um, I guess, you know, there's sort of two ships crossing in the night and uh, going in opposite directions. And, you know, we're still at that uh, point, like you say, with Saskatchewan, where it isn't like, oh, they have, you know, this great weapon or that great weapon that they can lean on. I mean, Caleros gives them stability on offense, mm-hmm. um, but they sort of spread it around, right? Like then Marcus Thigpen and Trey Mason and Nick Marshall are all running the ball. Uh, you know, there isn't one guy who's really getting um, a ton of touches. And, you know, the the passing game without Deron Carter, like Norman Roosevelt had seven catches for 86 yards this week, and that's like, you know, one of the few games this year where you could say, well, he's had a, he had a productive game because he had, he's had a whole bunch of two and three catch games for, uh, this season. And, uh, you know, Jordan Williams Lambert has, has been a, I'd say a nice find. Yeah. I like catch one this year, but it's almost by default, right? That they, you know, when they weren't using Carter and, and Roosevelt wasn't, um, you know, wasn't producing, you know, Williams Lambert kind of had to step in and, and he's become a, a productive player for them. But, Again, like not much of a track record, and, and you know, who knows really what you have. But you know, this is a team that's won three in a row, and, and like I think this goes all back to Caleros adding just some stability to their offense because there isn't a really a you know a star factor there that uh, you know if you go to, to Winnipeg, obviously Andrew Harris is having a fantastic season, and that that's a, they have a star, um, but. You know, football isn't built on just winning around the star. You, you need you need the the rest of the team too. And 
that, that obviously is working in Saskatchewan's favor these days. Oh, no doubt. And if we switch to fantasy for a sec, I'm sliding in. I like that that uh, price point, 4327 salary cap for Jordan Williams-Lambert with the Rough mm-hmm. Riders going in. Because if you get that price for a true number two and he's been popping some numbers, that's a, that's a pretty nice uh, wide receiver flex spot for you. Absolutely. And, and like... I think it's it's hard to uh, certainly at this stage of the season too uh, to to find uh, great value. I mean, every once in a while you'll you'll catch one, and, and who knows if you get the right Alouettes running back each week, you might <laughs> you might have value there. But but getting a guy like Williams Lambert, who's you know been performing fairly well for for a while at at such a reasonable price. Um, yeah, that gives you some some options uh, elsewhere because you know because I don't think there are a, a ton of great buys. Um, Certainly not on a regular basis. You know, maybe in in a given week you'll get somebody who's filling in, and uh, and that and that works for you. But but you know, Williams Lambert's been, um, you know, he's been a consistent starter there, and, and so uh, to get him at a reasonable price is uh, it opens up some flexibility for you on the rest of your roster. That's for sure. Uh, last one for you here, Scotty. Going to the fantasy roster on CFL.ctsn CFL yeah. fantasy game. Alex Green, hottest running back in football. This dude is on fire. And it's so interesting that he is because the June Jones offense traditionally doesn't really focus on one running back. But I guess you get to a point sort of like with the Argos found last year with James Wilder Jr. He almost doesn't give you a choice. You have to play him. And at just over 7500 bucks. I think that might still be a bargain price for him. Are you, are you slotting him in this weekend in the yeah, rematch? I've been I've been enjoying the Alex Green uh, experience since he <laughs> uh, came back from injury. Yeah, that uh, you know, like you say, the price is uh, reasonable, and certainly he's getting uh, touches. You know that um, you know we we talked earlier about how Saskatchewan is spreading that ball around, and uh, you know guys are getting five, six, seven touches. Uh, you know, Green at 18 carries this week, 19 carries the week before, 16 carries the week before that, 15 carries week, like that. Those are a lot of uh, carries um, for your running back. You know, you mix in a few catches on top of that uh, and touchdowns, right? Like you've right. got seven touchdowns in four games. Uh, and so, you know, the, which goes to our, our kind of season-long complaint about him, that they couldn't score touchdowns. Well, they found a way to do it. You know, I mean, Masoli threw three touchdowns this week, but you keep having Alex Green punch in a couple uh, every week, and, you know, think, things look a whole lot better. So, uh, yeah, that, that price on Green is um, still quite reasonable uh, by, by my uh, judgment. And, and, you know, I don't know how, how much longer you, you, you get him at the, that you know, somewhat reasonable price, but because I think you know the guys who are who are more expensive, say William Powell and Wilder Jr. Like I, I don't think he's going to end up in Andrew Harris territory, but the other two, uh, Wilder Jr. and William Powell, uh, he may end up in their in their price range uh, before long. That's going to be very interesting to see these rematches uh, from Labor Day and, of course, the BC Lions and Red Black squaring off, which will be a real fascinating one to see if Ottawa can reclaim a, a hold and uh, get a little more breathing room in the East. And with Winnipeg free-falling, the BC Lions could be making a move. We, we're talking to Travis Lule next on Behind the Helmet, Scotty, so we'll, uh, we'll see, right? It'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, and then I mean, this is sort of the story of the CFL this season is that, you know, Calgary's run away from the rest of the league, but there's a whole lot of moving and shaking going on behind them that, uh, you know, go back a a month or two and you didn't have a whole lot good to say about Saskatchewan and now suddenly they're rolling. Uh, And then, you know, a team like Winnipeg that you might have had high hopes for uh, seems to be sliding. And and I guess you could say by the same token that uh, Edmonton's in that that boat. And so, you know, we'll we'll see where we go. But the the stretch run is beginning and, um, 
you know, I, I bet you there's still some shuffling to be done before we get to the end of the season. Oh, boy. Well, it'll, it'll be a fun ride, Scotty. Thank you so much. Enjoy the games. You bet. Thanks a lot, Andy. There he goes. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Check out all his great work, statistically speaking. CFL, NFL, hockey, all the good stuff on TSN.ca. As I mentioned, behind the helmet, special guest Travis Lule, quarterback for the BC Lions, will join me next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Remember, folks, delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a delicious medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Just $10.99. Check out the boneless chicken, the pasta, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert, all the great deals and specials on carryout and delivery at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Well, it is time once again for Behind the Helmet, and for my very special guest, we head out west. Now in his 10th CFL season, all with the BC Lions, quarterback Travis Lule. Travis, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. We're just coming out of Labor Day. March to the Grey Cup is on. Life is good. But Travis, tell me about this this team. The Lions are still in a playoff hunt in the West, but there's been some challenges this season. How do you feel this group of players when it comes to the ability to overcome? How how are they and how are you with them? Well, I'll tell you this. I um I mean, the rest of the season will tell us uh, exactly where that stands, but I, my sense is that we have a pretty dang resilient group. And mm. I, um, I, I really appreciate it today, for example, today, the, the, the practice week, right? We've come off two really close, uh, ultimately disappointing finishes in our last two football games, and we find ourselves at three and six at the halfway point of our schedule. We're nine games in. So, um, so you know, it's it's tough to sit on a bye knowing you lost two in a row and all those things and, and seeing the West starting to get a little bit out in front of you. But I can, I'll say this. Um, the guys today at work uh, was excellent focus, excellent energy. Nobody's down. Nobody's pouting. It's a really business-like attitude. And that's exactly what you need to slowly climb uh, right back into the hunt, right? And so yeah. I, I've been in this situation before. I can tell you from my own personal confidence level, and I, I know how much football is left and how, how fast, how quickly things can change in the, in the CFL. Um, my first three years in this league, in 2009, 10, and 11, we were climbing out of a hole that we had dug ourselves early and, and, and battle and found ways to rally in the second half of the season and find ourselves in that same spot again. You know, one of those seasons we did win a championship. So, so I have a ton of confidence in, in the group moving forward, but ultimately it's up, it's up to us. Uh, how do we approach it? We, you know, we do it one game at a time. We stick together and, and you know, slowly climb our way back out. So, so that's where we're at. I, I, you know, for being a 3-6 and six team, I think the mindset in our locker room is pretty dang good. Excellent. And you're a big part, I'm sure, of uh, helping keep everybody positive there. Now, Travis, Wally Buono's last season as a CFL head coach, we know all the accolades. How does knowing it's his final year on the sidelines, does that give you or the team, do you feel any extra motivation to you know, do this for Wally, send him out on a high. I I can tell you just on a personal level. You know, I've I've worked with Wally for ten years in one capacity or another, and started my career with, um, you know, with Wally as my head coach, and the last few with him back as my head coach. Right. So obviously, you know, he and I have a, a pretty long-standing working relationship. Um, 
And I just, I, I've gotten to know him and what he's all about. You know, I know his grandkids' names, and, I, you know, I, I kind of joke, you know, we did this once before, right? We sent him out with a bang and what was supposed <laughs> to be his last year coaching in 2011. So I've seen it happen. I'd love to do it again. Uh, but, yeah, those, those of us who, particularly those of us who have been around the locker room for a long time, uh, and you just hope, you know, and it's just, it just makes for a good story. It's just, it would just be justice to see him go out the right way. Obviously, uh, you know, Wally deflects all that attention. He, he doesn't worry about that, and that's one of the things I respect most about him is he's just worried about putting a winning product on the field and I know he you know I know he's uh, lies in bed awake at night when we're not winning so I, I just know how much a man cares about winning and so that's one of the reasons I respect him so much as a coach and yeah so so for those of us who uh, particularly those of us who know him well uh, we do we want to we want to we want to win for him and 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 do all those things and if there's a little bit of extra motivation there let's go ahead and use that to our advantage right awesome in conversation with Travis Lule quarterback of the BC Lions okay Travis let's get uh, into some get to know you type of questions i'm going to start off with a tough one here okay so I, I don't know if you ever sing karaoke but if you had to sing if your career depended on it what song would you sing in karaoke and i remind you death is not an option what would you sing buddy oh <laughs> what would i well honestly i would feel out my crowd i have a okay. pretty wide-ranging uh, musical variety if <laughs> if i'm uh, if i'm in a country crowd i'm probably singing something by garth right, right. Uh, some old garth brooks greatest hit maybe if i need a riley crowd maybe ain't going down to the sun comes up if i want to really <laughs> sing my heart i'd sing the river <laughs> by garth um I don't know if I got a if I got a pop crowd maybe from Vancouver I might I might hit you with a little Maroon Five I could do a, get into a little falsetto Adam Levine style <laughs> um, so I, I I like to think I could I could mix it up a little bit you can go with it I like it I like it. so with your your Great. broad musical scope is there a song or or type of music that gets you pumped up on game days is there something you you pop on the headset on the way to the the stadium or in the locker room that gets you going it's funny no I'm not I'm not that guy I'm not like uh, I, I don't listen to a certain genre of music. I know guys who want to listen to gospel on game day or guys who want to listen to heavy metal on game day or guys, you know, who listen to whatever the, you know, current current rap artist is, what have you. That's, <laughs> that's not me. I don't. I honestly don't pay any attention to music on game day. Wow. Whatever's playing over the loudspeakers out during warm-ups, uh, I'm, I'm listening to it, dancing, singing along a little bit. Um, um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess to answer your question, it's not that exciting about <laughs> what specifically gets me going on game day. I know this, though. So, I know I don't want to be too amped because there were times uh. in my career early on where you know playing quarterback it's a cerebral spot. I got to think more than I need to crash and bang heads, right? So, right. <laughs> but I don't want to listen to some too too hardcore uh, right before the game, or or that just puts me in the wrong state of mind. That's that's a great point, Travis. Yeah, because uh, you know if you're a charging linebacker or a running back or whatever, maybe you want that crash and bang feel, but you want to kind of be in that that middle space, I guess, right? Not too high, not too low. Yeah, I want to I want to take a couple deep breaths. Be able to think about where I'm at and the situation that's happening, and and then you know uh, if I'm too amped, I overthrow my first throw of the game and have huh. to play second and long. So I, I'd rather <laughs> just be able to stick one on somebody and, and and play a shorter field on second down and not be too geek. So yeah, I've learned I've learned that about myself over the years. I got to do stuff to bring me down just a little bit, so I'm I'm more thinking than I am head banging. I like that. That's great insight. Now, Travis, you were born. In the great state of Oregon, so let's see how well you know your home state. Okay, I got two trivia questions oh, oh, for oh, you. Yeah. All right, so all get, right, get ready. What What is the official state bird of Oregon? Oh, is it the western meadowlark? Wow, Travis! If I had a prize, you'd get it, man. Yes, it is the delightful yellow ah. and black western meadowlark. That's phenomenal. 
Wow. Thank you very much. I take a little pride in knowing, <laughs> knowing my home state. You are the first player I've interviewed this year who has gotten their state bird correct. That is impressive, sir. All right. Um, well, thank I, you. I hope you remember me by that. <laughs> I will. The Western Meadowlark. Not the greatest nickname. We won't have people start calling you that, but, you know, it's good. Good to have. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> what is the official state flower of Oregon? I believe it's the Oregon grape. My goodness. Wow. Two for two. Double touchdowns, baby. That's phenomenal. Huh. Two, I, for two. two for two is good in the quarterback yeah. world, so I'll take that. <laughs> yes, it is. That is two first downs. Travis, you know what? We're going we're gonna to stop with the Oregon questions there. You are obviously in tune with your hometown. That is great in home state. Uh, so if you – and we're going to play a little hypothetical here. If you could – not be a quarterback. Someone said you can't play quarterback, but you can still play any other position you want on the football team. What would it be and why? Oh, you know, I I almost played wide receiver when I started uh-huh. in high school. I just something about catching the ball in traffic or running under a deep ball that's exciting. But I'll tell you this, as the, as the years have gone on, I think I'd be a kicker. <laughs> because I think I I think I can handle the stresses of coming out and kicking. Like I got I got the mental side of the game yeah. where that doesn't bother me too much, and the physically it's just a whole lot less taxing on the body than any other spot. Exactly. So, yeah. I'll, I'll say when I was 25, I'd be a receiver. At 35, which I turn in a couple weeks here, I'd be a kicker. And you know what? Maybe even like punter because if they touch you, it's a penalty. Like that's the best. For longevity, right? It's exactly, exactly right. I watched Paul McCallum play into his mid forties, oh. so there you go. There you go, getting a paycheck that long. It's pretty good. Uh, favorite football team and player growing up? Oh, uh, it was it was early on in my young childhood. It was the Buffalo Bills. Okay. So it was Jim Kelly. He was quarterback in the Buffalo Bills. Nice. And I was heartbroken four years in a row oh. as they lost in Super Bowls consecutively. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that that that's tough. That's tough if you're a Bills fan. Uh, what hobby, skill, or talent you have that fans would not know about you that you'd like to share? A hobby, skill, or talent? Oh. Okay, um, I'll say. Well, I'll say this for a hobby. I'm a, I'm a fisherman. Okay, that's that's my thing. Kind of kind of took up the fly fishing thing. But I'd say as a skill, I play a little guitar. Really? So your karaoke question is not too far off. I don't. I haven't won any. <laughs> any kind of awards for my singing, but I can play a little guitar. <laughs> there you go. You can bring it up on stage with you. It's perfect. <laughs> and, there you go. And Travis, one more for you here. If you could visit one place on Earth, where would it be and why? Oh, man. There's so many cool places on Earth. I don't know. That, like, There's part of me that thinks being like a backcountry mountain climber would be a cool thing. I don't really want to do that, but like this hypothetical question, I'm going to yeah, say yeah. I'm, I'm standing on I'm standing on the top of Mount Everest. Oh, cool! Yeah, as long as you could like be up there without all the climbing and you know oxygen tanks, right? That might help. Right, right. And the whole <laughs> yeah, the whole near death experience thing. Right. That's a little scary. I've read a few books and whatnot, but, but yeah, just at that moment being on top of the world. That's a pretty cool thing. That'd be pretty cool. Well, Travis, we'll let you get going. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. And hey, good luck the rest of the year, man. We'll be watching. Of course. Much appreciated. That was Travis Lule of the BC Lions. How about that fascinating guy? Travis Lule, he's always been one of my favorites. And the thing with Travis is it was never about his skill why he eventually became a backup. It was being able to stay on the field. Because you see, go back, check his stat lines. Check the box scores. Check the career records. 
Any time Travis Lulee has played for an extended period, the guy has won, and he has put up big and impressive numbers. So I'm cheering for him. I hope we, he and the Lions are going to be able to make a nice, strong playoff push. One of the nicest guys in the business, Travis Lule. If you missed any of the show, don't worry. Just go to your local TSN radio website under the shows section. Just scroll down. You'll see my smiling face right there. CFL Weekly. Give it a click. Delivered by Domino's, of course. And I'll also post it on Twitter at AndyMC81, on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. It'll be on iTunes as well, and we'll we'll have you covered and be able to catch the games. Well, hey, as I said, the push to the Great Cup, the march is on. Lucky Week 13 coming at you. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network.